Netherlands that Scotland had been somewhat less touched by the physical horrors of war than the rest of Britain, and was less susceptible to the frenetic post-war gaiety that infected more popular vacation spots. And without discussing it, I think we both felt that it was a symbolic place to re-establish our marriage. We had been married and spent a two-day honeymoon in the Highlands shortly before the outbreak of war seven years before. A peaceful refuge in which to rediscover each other, we thought, not realising that while golf and fishing are Scotland's most popular outdoor sports, gossip is the most popular indoor sport. And when it rains as much as it does in Scotland, people spend a lot of time indoors. "'Where are you going?' I asked as Frank swung his feet out of bed. "'I'd hate the dear old thing to be disappointed in us,' he answered. Sitting up on the side of the ancient bed, he bounced gently up and down, creating a piercing, rhythmic squeak. The hoovering in the hall stopped abruptly. After a minute or two of bouncing, he gave a loud theatrical groan and collapsed backward with a twang of protesting springs. I giggled helplessly into a pillow so as not to disturb the breathless silence outside. Frank waggled his eyebrows at me. "'You're supposed to moan ecstatically, not giggle,' he admonished in a whisper. "'She'll think I'm not a good lover.' "'You'll have to keep it up for longer than that if you expect ecstatic moans,' I answered. Two minutes doesn't deserve any more than a giggle.' "'Inconsiderate little wench. I came here for a rest, remember?' "'Lazy bones. You'll never manage the next branch on your family tree unless you show a bit more industry than that.' Frank's passion for genealogy was yet another reason for choosing the Highlands. According to one of the filthy scraps of paper he lugged to and fro, some tiresome ancestor of his had had something to do with something or other in this region back in the middle of the 18th, or was it the 17th century? If I end as a childless stub on my family tree, it will undoubtedly be the fault of our untiring hostess out there. After all, we've been married almost eight years. Little Frank Jr. will be quite legitimate without being conceived in the presence of a witness. If he's conceived at all, I said pessimistically. We had been disappointed yet again the week before leaving for our highland retreat. With all this bracing fresh air and healthy diet, how could we help but manage here? Dinner the night before had been herring, fried. Lunch had been herring, Pickled, and the pungent scent now wafting up the stairwell strongly intimated that breakfast was to be herring kippered. Unless you're contemplating an encore performance for the edification of Mrs. Baird, I suggested, you'd better get dressed. Aren't you meeting that parson at ten? The Reverend Dr. Reginald Wakefield, vicar of the local parish, was to provide some rivetingly fascinating baptismal registers for Frank's inspection not to mention the glittering prospect that he might have unearthed some mouldering army dispatches or some such that mentioned the notorious ancestor. "'What's the name of that great-great-great-great-grandfather of yours again?' I asked. "'The one that mucked about here during one of the risings. I can't remember if it was Willie or Walter.' "'Actually, it was Jonathan.' Frank took my complete disinterest in family history placidly, 
but remained always on guard, ready to seize the slightest expression of inquisitiveness as an excuse for telling me all facts known to date about the early Randalls and their connections. His eyes assumed the fervid gleam of the fanatic lecturer as he buttoned his shirt. Jonathan Wolverton Randall, Wolverton for his mother's uncle, a minor knight from Sussex. He was, however, known by the rather dashing nickname of Black Jack, something he acquired in the army, probably during the time he was stationed here. I flopped face down on the bed and affected to snore. Ignoring me, Frank went on with his scholarly exegesis. He bought his commission in the mid-thirties, 1730s that is, and served as a captain of dragoons. According to these old letters Cousin May sent me, he did quite well in the army. Good choice for a second son, you know. His younger brother followed tradition as well by becoming a curate, but I haven't found out much about him yet. Anyway, Jack...